Coach K. What's up, Kama? How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm well. It's good to see you virtually. It's been a while. Too low. I mean, we're connecting on social media, so I keep up. But it's different to be able to, you know, see each other and have a conversation because I mean, we we yeah. used to we spent a lot of time together when you were a student athlete at Pitt in an intern. We did for sure a lot of time in the cathedral, you know, yeah. working on all we were working on. Totally. Now nah, you uh you held this down. You held this down. But before we get into that and get into the backstory, I want to start off with a little this or that. This or that. So I'm gonna ask you a question. You cannot straddle the fence. You gotta make a decision. You with me? Okay. All right. Yeah. Text or call? I'm more of a call. Are you? Old school. Okay. Yeah. That is a little old school. <laughs> now, are you calling with FaceTime or really old school, just audio? Uh, I'm actually more of an audio. I would prefer audio. I'll do FaceTime though. I'm not really a good texter. You're not. So what does that mean? Meaning you don't respond back quickly or? Um, I think, yeah, I tend to like leave it there. If <laughs> it's like not important or if I like want to think about If I want to think about like my response, that it just like sits sometimes. So, yeah. And do, now, do you forget about it and then you forgot you, you end up forgetting to respond or do you get back to it? I normally get back to it, but there are some. Sometimes, once in a while, that I'll forget. So, if that's over you. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Got another one for you. Now, would you rather have all traffic lights, your approach, be green or never have to stand in line again? Okay, you on go, on go. Yeah, I think when I'm driving somewhere, I like want to get to my destination. You know, oh, that's my goal. That's my like purpose, kind of. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I want to get from here to there as fast as possible. If I'm like, I don't know, grocery shopping or any type of shopping, I'll stand in line. Okay, know, all right. <laughs> green lights, green lights. I dig it. I dig it. Last one. Now. This is just more of a uh, a question, not necessarily this or that. But if you could instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? Instant, instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? I think... I don't know if this makes sense, but I think I would want to become like an expert in literature. You know, like in books. Okay. Um, sure. Just because in that, you know, there's a lot of information. So I feel like the the knowledge, you know, that I would be, I don't know, be able to like pick up and stuff that I know. I feel like I'd be a pretty smart person. Literature. <laughs> I dig it. I like it. I like it. I like it. So so how, you know, we're, we're speaking and I'm interviewing you virtually. You know, we're, we're all going through this uh, time of quarantine across the world. How are you adjusting to it? Um, I'm adjusting good now. Um, I've been home for about a month and a half now. Um, and I can 
go into that. So I was playing in the Czech Republic, uh, playing professional volleyball, and this is my first season. Uh, we are actually are supposed to be, we're supposed to be ending our season this week. Um, oh, wow. Because of the virus, uh, they canceled our season, and then I ended up coming home in the beginning of March. And so how many so, games did you end up missing, roughly? Uh, we missed all of the playoffs, so um, quarters, semis, and finals, and it's a best of five matches. Okay. So, yeah, kind of anywhere from, like, 15 to seven or eight, maybe. Mm, okay. Um, but, but, yeah, so I've had a month adjust now so I'm I'm adjusting pretty well but in the beginning it was uh it was a little bit tough it was tough yeah I, I, I could imagine I could imagine so you're home where is home uh, uh so I grew up in a small town called Kabale and it's in the west side of Hawaii and so um so we volleyball we'll get into that more did you play any other sports growing up Okay. And I like to tell people this because I don't know if it counts as a sport, but I went to just as many practices as my other sports. Uh, I danced hula too from when I was about three or four till I was like 12. Wow. Okay. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's good. With, um, take me back to softball. What position did you play? I do, I do. From left to center and then to right field, which is kind of where they put the people that aren't best at defense. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that was me. Um, so growing up, I played baseball. So I was a shortstop and I played center field. Okay, those are, yeah. To this day, to this day, my granddad said I should have stuck with baseball. But that wasn't really? a cool sport. It was like, man, you play football or basketball. At least those, at least at least the people that I were around, you know, my friends, like football, basketball. But uh, my granddad said to this day, I should have stuck with uh, stuck with baseball because I was a pretty decent baseball player. I stopped. I think it was right about like my freshman year in high school. Yeah, dang, that would have been that would have been interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who knew? So, um, so you picked up volleyball last. When was this? In high school or middle school? Middle school. Actually, uh, probably a, a year, or a year before, maybe. Yeah. And then, so like grade. it was like love at first sight. It was. I mean, the thing about that was my older siblings played, so I was around the gym a lot, and I was around the sport a lot. I'd watch and just like play around on the sides, but I never got into uh, organized or like competitive playing until then. 
I think maybe my parents kind of knew that that was going to happen. So they're like, okay, play soccer, you know? Play <laughs> softball while you can. Because right. once you find that sport that you like, it's like, it's done. Gotcha. You know, you're not going to want to do anything. So, so what was it about the game? Whether it's in middle school, high school, like that that draw that drew you to it, and kept you. Um, I think the game of volleyball is like really exciting. So like, if you're on the court, the chances of you touching the ball are like really high, you know, because there's only six other people. With other sports, it's like you may never touch the ball, or let's say in football, like your job is to block, I don't know. Right. Like, even yeah. in soccer, like, you can run and run for days, but... For days. You know, you, <laughs> you'll touch it maybe once every, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so, volleyball, you... Especially in the position that I was in, I was a setter. Um, I think it's just because I wanted to touch the ball, like, consistently, you know? It's so fast-paced and so exciting. So, that's what, like, drew me towards the sport. You uh, you brought up soccer and how soccer players they they run for days. I remember, I think this was middle school. Yeah, it was uh-huh. maybe like six six or seventh grade, and they was teaching us soccer. Once I started learning the positions, I was running to be goalie. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> so I, I'm not trying to do all this running. You gonna know, have me out there running for days? I understand that. Yeah, I the, at the end of my soccer career, that's what I wanted to do too. I wanted to be a goalie. In the beginning, it was like I was so young and I didn't like running wasn't exercise for me, so I was actually a forward. But then by the end, I was like, okay, (laughs) right, right. So, um, as athletes, oftentimes our numbers are really significant to us. So, what was your number in high school for uh, volleyball? In high school, my number was eleven. Now, was is there a meaning behind that number? Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually there's a story behind behind numbers. I was number yeah. two in high school playing football. A couple reasons. Mm-hmm. Charles Wilson, who I recently won the Heisman from University of Michigan, he was a cornerback, so I was looked up, looking up to him. And then my all-time favorite, Deion Sanders. So he would play in number 21 and practice in number two because I was his college number. So what I would do, oh. I would play in number two, and practice in number 21. So I, I did a little opposite of Dion. Wow, that's very cool. So it's, it's always good to hear it, you know, back back stories and the meaning behind yeah. the uh, the numbers. So mm-hmm. we know you end up going to University of Pittsburgh to play volleyball, and we're going to get into that. But what other schools were you considering? Um, I At the time, I was kind of an underrated uh player for my position so I was actually looking to go to schools as a libero which is um, the girl in the different colored jersey that just plays in the back row for people that don't know and so it, it was mainly just because of my height you know I'm small but how tall are you looking uh, five six okay so does that mean you're really five five 
Because don't athletes usually give themselves like an extra inch? I'm really five six. I think my last year, my coach put me as five eight, but I'm really five six. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I mean, they listed me as six one. I'm probably like five eleven and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was being recruited as a libero, and so I I was looking at bigger D one schools for that position. But already at the time when I got recruited by Pitt, I was looking into um, a bigger like D two schools where I could maybe set and play all the way around. So um, I talked to. Denver a little bit. Uh, they had a really good coach at the time for libero position. Um, I also talked to uh, Houston, University of Houston, um, as a libero as well. But um, then my search kind of got into like the D two realm. So uh, at the time, I was looking at uh, like Cal Baptist, um, Point Loma schools. Um, kind of on the west coast I was thinking that's a possibility of what I wanted to to do um but yeah that was that kind of exhausted my list I didn't have a lot of options I feel like I kind of got lucky falling up that's great so who who recruited you from Pitt so how, how did they find you uh so uh my coach Dan Fisher he he recruited me originally, um, but the connection came because um, not a lot of people know, but he played at Hawaii for a year and then went back and coached there. So he, when he coached, he coached with the woman who became my club coach in high school. And so there was that connection there. And so they were able to uh, talk about me and kind of like uh, – she was able to sell me, I think, to him. And he kind of already knew about, like, Hawaiian style, like, living and volleyball and everything that kind of comes with that. And so um, I think he was excited to get a Hawaiian girl on the team because I, I really do think that he enjoyed his time here, like, a lot. Um, so that's how the connection started. And then um, Craig Dyer was actually the assistant coach at the time. And I talked to him a lot um, in my recruiting process. Awesome. So you decided to go to Pitt, held to Pitt. How was that transition leaving beautiful Hawaii to cold Pittsburgh? How was that for you? Uh, the, the transition was a little bit hard. Now that I look back at it, I'm like, wow, I was so young. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I really had no idea what to expect. Uh, but I guess it's it was super helpful to have all of my teammates and my coaches and all the people that I ended up meeting in Pittsburgh. That it really helped me to kind of ease into it nicely. Definitely, the first semester was was the hardest getting thrown into volleyball, getting thrown into school, and then also, like, getting thrown into winter, which, like, half of our season is during the winter. <laughs> right, so, right, right. Um, I always tell the story, but I remember I wore, like, leggings and sweatpants and, like, double shirt with the sweatshirt <laughs> on 
like a lift in the morning, and it was like 55, 60 degrees. My teammates were giving it to me. Yeah. So That's like, hilarious. But I, the support there was like really, really nice. Not saying that I still didn't struggle because it's totally normal for, I think, freshmen to do that. But yeah, I, I had a lot of help. Now, were you able to visit, I mean, to go back home on a holiday or anything like that, or were you pretty much in Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I got to visit. Um, after after that first semester, I went home for Christmas, and then in the summer, I got to go home again, which was nice. And then every year after that, I went home for the same thing. It'd be like two weeks for Christmas, and then um like two to three weeks in the summer because i would end up going back for summer school and so speaking of school what did you major in i ended up majoring in human resource management and marketing yeah between the two which one you lean more towards you the human resources side of things or the marketing i think the human resources side for sure um marketing was interesting to learn about but i don't think uh, that's really like my knack. Got gotcha. you, got gotcha. you. And so it's interesting. You were you you were not highly recruited. Uh, you you go to Pitt, ACC, and you shine at Pitt. And I, I remember driving on campus and seeing the huge banner on on the side of the building of <laughs> Coach K, comma at the you know you was rocking number three then. And yeah. so when did you hit your stride at Pitt? of my freshman year, actually. Um, my my freshman season was really, was really, really tough um, just because I was thrown into a lot of things and I was also still recovering from an ACL injury from high school. And so it, it, was, it was just hard all around to say the least. But after I sort of got a break and kind of became fully like healthy, in the spring of that year, I I felt like I made huge jumps, you know, everything was kind of like clicking for me. And so that continued until the summer and until um, the beginning of my sophomore year, which is when I uh, started to set like um, in all of the rotations. So how did it, like what do you attribute that to from getting stronger or just learning the game more? Or you, you just think it was just a the evolution or the natural growth? Um, I think uh, both of what you said, getting stronger and learning the game more, um, you definitely, I know this is with every sport, when you get to college, you have to get used to the speed of the sport. For volleyball, the ball moves a lot faster. You know, the girls are so much bigger. They hit a lot harder. And so getting used to that and playing at that level consistently was super important. And then also uh, coming in and the strength and conditioning that we do at Pitt was like no other that I've done in my life. So I got like super duper strong after that first year. And so after you kind of learn the game and then kind of get your like fitness in order, I guess, it's kind of easy to make bigger strides that way in your sport. What's your, what's one of your, uh, share one of your fondest memories of uh, being a Pitt student athlete as a, as a volleyball team? Um, I think 
I remember that time frame. I mean, you all were putting pit volleyball on the map. And yeah. they've been strong, I mean, ever since as well. Because I don't remember the volleyball team having much success before that. Am I mistaken? Um, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it has a lot to do with Coach Fisher, who has really started that. And then also the girls that he has recruited. You know, he, he tries as much as he can to recruit good people that are going to um, work hard and be really invested in the team over anything else. So we talked about your number in high school. Why did you pick number three in college? So that was always like my backup number. Um, I <laughs> wanted 11 going in, but there's a senior that had it at the time. And so three was yeah, kind of the backup. My sister also wore number three, so I looked up to her a lot growing up. Very nice. And, and so, I mean, you, t you you have one of the, you receive one of the prestigious awards at Pitt. Uh, our office, as you we spoke about, is uh, in the cathedral, and we're going to talk more about OA here shortly. But now, when I go back to Pittsburgh and I go to the cathedral. I like to take the the back walk because I often take a picture of something and send it to you. Coach K name is forever engraved at the University of Pittsburgh behind the cathedral learning. Tell us about that war and what that means to you. Um, it when I received that award, it was the most unbelievable feeling. Like. I think up until maybe my sophomore or junior year, I didn't know that the award even existed, you know? And I didn't know. I looked or I walked through the walk before, but I I never took much interest into it or the names that were on it. Um, but after figuring out what the award meant after all those years and then receiving it, um, it was... Yeah, it was, it was really, really unbelievable, and it just, it made me feel like I really, you know, made an impact at the time that I was in Pittsburgh, and I think that people uh, kind of recognized me for that, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. I don't remember the, the official title. It was like Student Athlete of the Year. Do you, you remember their name? Um. 
think that because I think they select either the Panther Award or the Blue and Gold. Um, I can't remember exactly which one. Yeah, I yeah. I think it's Panther. Um, I think I'm so. Don't quote it. me. Either way, your name is engraved <laughs> outside of Cathedral I Learning. I probably know, but... Well, what you yeah. do know is if you walk behind a Cathedral Learning, you're going to see your name. They should have yeah. put AKA Coach K. And so I've been calling you Coach K ever since I met you. You've been involved with OA. So how did you get involved with, with Orange Arrow? Um, I think that's kind of where like my journey in the university and like in the student athletics kind of started so uh I think it was my sophomore year and it was after my freshman year where I was kind of like just getting acclimated but I was like I want to do something at this university you know I want to actually have an impact I don't just want to go to school and play volleyball I mean those are great things but you know I wanted to do more um, so I reached out to our life skills department and I'm pretty sure that it was Penny Samaya right. who got me in contact with you folks and said, you know, you're, you're looking for an internship. Um, he said he vouched for you. He was like, I know this guy. He's great. This is, uh, Orange Arrow. It's an amazing foundation. And so... Um, it would be perfect for you, and so that's how I got. That's how I found out about you guys and got the interview and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep, knocked it out. At that time, the interview. I think we were in the uh, pause bar then. We were. Yeah. Like and then we ended up switching. Yeah. 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 yeah we ended, then we ended up switching to the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Coach K, you rocked it. We had a great time. Uh, who else interned at that time? Mike interned during that time as well, yeah. correct? Mike and I, uh, yeah. and Ro, Ro, I think yeah. Roosevelt, yeah, Big Ro, uh-huh. yeah, um, and I mean, it was great to have you, I mean, as a, as a, you know, professional side of things, and we talked about the athlete side, but you brought so much professionalism, you know, will we'll make you strong as an athlete, you brought that into the workforce, and you became a role model to the young student athletes, what's some of your fondest memories of, of OA? Your time with OA. I think I have a couple. Uh, I think the the first summer academy that I helped out with. Yeah. That was uh, that was so much fun. That was like the first time I really, really got to spend like a lot of quality time with the kids. Like a lot, a lot of time. Right. We were, I mean, it was an all day event for what was it, three days? Yeah. Then, yes, yeah, I think it's like five days now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And. Uh, just because we put all that time into it and to see everything working out. And even if it didn't, you know, we kind of uh, worked with it. But, like, just being with the kids and interacting with them the whole time, was that was, like, super-duper awesome. And then also... I'm, I'm going to pause. Don't forget that thought. Yeah. I'm thinking about the Summer Academy. I feel like we had so much fun prepping and planning for that. Because, remember, we oh. will be in the cathedral, but we will get, like, a huge classroom... Like on the yeah. on the ground floor or the first floor, and it's a maybe exactly a huge lecture hall that fits two hundred people, and it's like four or five of us in there, and so we all got like three rows to ourselves. That was some yeah. we had some good time role playing and coming up with the curriculum and the schedule. That that was, that was some fun times. I'm remembering some of the videos that we had too, the games that we were playing. And, and you remember the video? Even I remember when we went to uh, Costco. 
and I think you were pushing that huge car. We had all the waters, all the Gatorades. Yeah, so and, and Mike was there. Yeah, it was good times. Like e even the behind the scenes stuff that the uh, you know the athletes don't get a chance to see the, the young ones. Mm -hmm. But that was great. Yeah. But go ahead. You had another one you want to share? Yeah. So my second was uh, the start of the girls program. Yeah. Um, being able to work with them, meeting them, and kind of being more like, uh, or being able to run kind of my own lessons with them. That was uh, that was like super amazing, and I was I felt like I was so lucky to have those girls too the girls that I met there were they were unbelievable you know I, they they listened to me you know they were very very well mannered and they always like wanted to participate in the game so I uh, that was I felt super duper lucky to be able to do that no it was great and, and I thank you that I was at was it Stowe Rocks yeah yeah yeah, yeah we would go to Stowe Rocks and um yeah no i mean you were the perfect candidate to help launch that um you you had the experience of oa programming through the boys and then now you were prepared to to start the first cohort of girls how would you compare because you, you actually did a little bit how would you compare keep uh coaching the boys as opposed to uh, coaching the uh the girls in life skills classrooms with a different mindset uh the boys are definitely a little bit uh more like rascals right know? they kind of always want to be like going all the time so you got to be strict with that right um the girls you go in to the classroom they're sitting down right you know? they're chilling they're talking it's, like, it's a lot easier <laughs> Yeah. Right. The pizza lasts longer with the girls. <laughs> the oh, food sure. when we bring it to the classrooms. Until the music started playing, though, and then all the girls That's true. That's true. Yeah, that was great. And so, if you had to speak to you know, a group of college student athletes that might be interested in Orange Arrow, I mean, what would you say to them that may be interested in getting involved? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, super worthwhile and if if these college athletes if they want to give back and really uh help out with the younger generation which is what i always kind of aspired to do i think this is the perfect way um especially student athletes or not i think um if you feel like you have something to give which i felt like i did at the time then this is the perfect way to interact with, um, with like our youth. You know, it's a perfect way to teach them, and especially teach them skills that are they're going to be so useful, and they're going to be able to use for the rest of their lives. And so, as we close, picking back on that, not only were you a an intern, you were a lead volunteer, lead coach. Uh, okay. Being involved, did it help you grow personally? Yeah, I, I definitely think I grew after that experience. Um, like I said before, going into it, uh, I've always wanted to find a way to give back, especially to, uh, to children, you know. I think, um, I think getting into Orange Arrow was the perfect way to do that, and I think it just um, kind of solidified that even more. And it kind of gave me an idea of how 
how you can how you don't have to just help kids with sports even though that is like a lot of my life you know I don't have to just help them with volleyball but let's say if I do get a coaching job or end up working with kids later in life you know I want to be able to teach them the intangible things or the things um, that will help them succeed in life you know life outside of volleyball and life outside of just sports in general and that's just such a huge life lesson that I want to carry on in my teachings, you know? Right? Yeah. Wherever so, I end up. Success off the court, more than an athlete. And so, sure. and so, what's next for you? Still playing? Um, yeah, so uh, even though my season ended uh, a little bit short, I want to try and play another year. Um, I was in the Czech Republic last year. How was that? Was, you are experiencing like different culture. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was really cool all around. I mean, there were definitely uh, challenges, uh, the language, uh, getting around, the food, and things like that. You have to get used to. But all around, the experience was really, really cool. And so uh, I want to do that again. You know, I met such great people there too, and so I want to be able to kind of have that similar experience and so I will or not I my agent will be looking for um, another team for me to play in next August okay you stun on a little bit let them know <laughs> from from under under recruited to my agent is gonna look into it <laughs> let them know coach K how we do well, hey it's a little bit different in uh, what you're trying to play overseas that's why it's like you don't you have no one to call like I can start calling coaches and clubs and other countries you know so 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 how was the language barrier did you learn a new new language um so I learned a little bit okay share words and phrases uh so I guess the basics is uh which is it's kind of just an overall greeting and in the Czech Republic they're very uh, friendly so whenever you go into a restaurant a building anything if there's someone in the front or someone that works there you say Dobry Den Dobry Den yeah like saying hello who it is if you know them or not okay yeah pretty much hello Dobry Den but to your friends um, you will either say ciao or in Czech you say ahoy Ahoy, chow. I actually use chow. I use chow when I sign out sometimes. Right. A chow. Lot of people use chow in Europe, but ahoy is kind of, you know them, so you're saying hello, like a friendly hello. Awesome, awesome. So yeah. how do you say goodbye? You, you say chow, goodbye as well? You say ahoy or chow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Coach K, I'm going to say chow, ahoy. <laughs> Thank you for your time. It's always great to catch up with you. I really appreciate you. Take aim. Thank you so much. I, th- this is amazing. All right, Coach. Nice to catch up, too. All right, take care of yourself. Have a good one. You too. Be Peace. Safe. Bye.